What is going on? Welcome back to the Matt Graham podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about five ideas that changed my life forever. Now, these five ideas are things that have changed the way that I view the world, changed the way that I think about things, shifted my mindset uh, to a place that is much better than it was before and a lot closer to where it is today. And before we talk about those five things, I wanted to first say that uh, I'm going to be launching a premium podcast here in 2024 called Matt Graham Unplugged. Um, I typically don't like doing the virtual Zoom style podcasts uh, simply because I just like being in person. Um, I like I like having conversations with people in here or doing these solo podcasts. But there's a lot of value uh, that I'm leaving on the table and a lot of people that I can't get in person that I could get uh, virtually. And so I'm going to be making those available over on my website. So if you are interested in that, you can go over to notmattgram.com slash unplugged to get access to those podcasts, um, as well as some behind the scenes and sort of day in the life content that will be coming out that will be coming out here soon. And so with all that being said, 2024 is going to be the year of the podcast. Um, I really want to break into long form a lot more than I have been. I've been kind of doing it intermittently, a little sporadically, um, just trying to get my feet wet. But I feel confident about the direction that we're going to be going in in 2024. We're going to have um, well over 50 podcasts uh, planned in 2024. Uh, we're going to bring Shana back on. She's going to be sort of a regular co-host. I'm also going to do these solo things, but those are kind of the main two staples along with Matt Graham Unplugged over on the website. So you can hit the link in the description or just, like I said, go over to notmattgram.com to learn more about that. With all that being said, let's dive in to the five ideas that changed my life forever. The first one being physical fitness. Now, this is not much of an idea per se, but it is definitely something that changed my life forever. Uh, I've always kind of been in the fitness industry. I've I had a career in fitness right out of high school. That is something that I always did, always have done. Um, there was times where I certainly took a break and gained a bunch of weight, but Fitness has always been a part of my life, whether it was as an athlete in high school um, or, you know, as a career as a trainer or whatever the case. But either way, it's certainly something that has shaped my mindset and, sh and shaped the way that I believe the world works. I think that most of life is analogous to fitness. And I also believe that fitness is the world is the lens that you see the world through. And so everything that passes through that filter that is your physical health is going to be affected by. Uh, ultimately. So if you are, let's say, a father, a mother, a brother, a son, a friend, a an employee, a business owner, whatever, you're going to be a better version of whatever that thing is having been physically healthy. You know, if you are overweight or you're obese or unhealthy, that's going to impact your ability to fulfill all the other roles that you have in your life. So if you are, like I said, a father, you're not going to be as good of a father as you would be if you were physically fit, you're not going to be as good of an employee as you would be if you were physically fit. And so these things are massively impacted by your physical health. So I always say that it's impossible to be the best version of yourself if you're not physically in shape. And now I don't mean you have to have a six pack in order to, in order to be the best version of yourself, but 
being physically healthy is the most important thing. Eating clean food, eating enough protein, lifting weights, going for walks, being outside, working on your cardiovascular health, getting enough sleep. All of these things are crucial to your health and they're going to impact whatever else you want to do, whatever business or personal endeavors that you have your physical fitness is going to directly impact the success that you have in those endeavors. And so that's the first thing. The second thing is sort of the cosmic bank account. Now, the cosmic bank account is a, is a term that was sort of coined by Andy Frisella. And the cosmic bank account is essentially the more you give, the more you get is kind of the premise. So how it kind of works is when you do something good, you are making a deposit into the cosmic bank account. And the reason it's called the cosmic bank account is because we're talking about things that are, that, that are just like energetically good to good to do. Um, I view things in much more of like a God sort of sense, but for the sake of this conversation, for the sake of this segment, we're going to talk about things in sort of the energetic sense. So like good energy and bad energy, um, I think that a lot of you can agree that that exists. It's kind of real. Um, and the more good energy you put out, the more good energy you're going to get back. And so think of it like a bank account where every time you do something good, be it for someone or just for the sake of doing it, right? right? Like the difference between you know helping your friend move when you'd rather not and picking up the piece of trash on the side of the road that... It doesn't really make a difference to many people if that piece of trash is there, but it's the right thing to do to pick it up and put it in the trash. Um, all of those things are deposits into that cosmic bank account, and that will increase your your balance within the, the cosmic bank account. And you're going to, the higher your balance is, the more deposits that you make, the bigger the withdrawal is going to be. And now, this isn't something that I can point to and be like, okay, I did this good thing on Monday and I got a good thing back on Tuesday. That's not really how I believe it works. How I believe it works is generally speaking, the more good that you look to do, the more opportunities you look for to do the right thing and, and act in, in, a, in a righteous way, the more you're going to get that back at some point in time. I can't tell you when, I can't tell you how, I can't tell you in what capacity, but I can tell you that you will in some way, in some form, in some shape, right? And that is something that I think is as true as anything else. The more you give, the more you get. Whether you give to somebody or you just do the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing. I think the more often that you do the right thing, the more the right things are going to happen in your life. And I can be a testament to that. The less that I focused on serving myself and the more that I focused on serving others, the better my life has gotten. You know, you can say correlation does not equal causation. I'm going to argue that, that that is causation. I believe that the more that I focused on being of service, the more the world served me. And I think that that is something that you should be implementing in your life and moving forward in that way. You know, just do good for the sake of doing good because the more you do it, the more it's going to come back to you and the more, uh, the better your life is going to get. And yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Number three, you are a community of people stretched across time. Now, this is one that I heard from 
uh, Jordan Peterson. I remember clear as day. I was sitting in my pool, uh, treading water. Uh, if you don't know, treading water is actually a pretty good workout for, for, um, I did it for 75 hard, but you can do it for any particular reason. I was doing it for 75 hard as an outdoor workout. Uh, and meanwhile, I was listening to a podcast, uh, with Jordan Peterson and he said, you are not just you today. You are a community of people stretched across time. And so this was something that hit me immediately. I was like, Whoa, I like that. That sounds cool. I like that a lot. And so I stopped treading water, got out of the pool, uh, dried my hands off and put it in my notes. And I haven't forgotten it since. It is something that I think about a lot all the time because what it means to me is, you know, you, you have to take care of every version of yourself. I know what you're thinking, Matt, there's only one version of myself. There's me. I'm right here, right here, right now. Well, that's not true because there's going to be future versions of you right? There's, there's you today. There's you that if you went and looked in the mirror, you would see you standing there in the mirror. Um, but the problem is if you only serve that version of you, you're going to be screwing over all the future versions of you. So there's you tomorrow. If you, if, if you do something today that you're going to regret tomorrow, the future version of you is not going to be very happy with the current version of you. And if you do something today, like spend your life savings on some, something ridiculous, the, the version of you that wants to retire is probably not going to be very happy with the version of you now. And so you have to move forward asking yourself, okay, what actions do I need to take to serve the most amount of versions of myself over the long haul, right? And it's a balancing act because you can't just serve this version of yourself because then you're going to, then you're going to, you know, bankrupt the version of yourself in the future. But you also can't, bet every single dollar on the fact that you're even going to make it 85 years or whatever. You're saving for a rainy day that might not even come. And then you're going to be mad that you didn't enjoy any of your time. And so it's a bit of a balancing act. So you have to ask yourself, okay, let's understand the fact that I am a community of people stretched across time. And I have to, I have to serve that entire community. I have to do what's best for that entire community. And, um, what do those actions look like? What do I do with my money? What do I do with my energy? What do I do with my time? And uh, it's just something to think about. And it's something that's changed the way that I act uh, because it's important. It's important. I want to make sure that I go to bed today realizing that I had a good day and I want to wake up tomorrow not regretting what I did yesterday. And I want to be 80 years old, you know, thanking myself for what I did when I was 27. And it is a balancing act, but I think that if you move forward with this in mind, you're going to get much closer to the reality that you would prefer to live um, rather than one that you're going to regret living. So with that being said, number four, death by a thousand cuts. Now, many of you think of this and think of it negatively, right? Like death by a thousand cuts. Okay. I destroy myself a little, little bit at a time over a long period of time. But the reason I bring this up is not in the negative sense. I actually flip it into the positive sense. Because how I think about it is you, it's death by a, a thousand cuts, but it's also, it's also build yourself by a thousand cuts and maybe cuts is not the word, but it's a thousand somethings. Maybe it's a thousand wins. Maybe it's a thousand successful days. Maybe it's a thousand steps in the right direction, but it's a thousand somethings, you know, and most people think that personal development is, you know, build yourself by five good days. It's not the way it works or 30 good days or 90 good days. I think it's build yourself by a thousand good days 
And that's how it works. I think that you, if you want to have the best outcome, if you want to build yourself, you're not going to do it between Monday and Friday. You're not going to do it in the next 30 days. You're not going to do it in the next 90 days. You have to view it as if today I am going to move in the right direction. I'm going to move the needle ever so slightly, and then I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And then if you do that a thousand times in a row, you are going to make it so much further than the guy who set his expectation as I'm going to do it in the next 30 days. Because what's going to happen is he might make it the full 30 days. It's unlikely he might make it two weeks and then decide, oh, this isn't working as well as I wanted it to. But he's going to make it the full 30 days, let's say. And he's going to be like, well, I'm not the person that I want to be. I'm not where I want to be. Where's my six pack? Where's my million dollar bank account? Where's, where's all this stuff? Meanwhile, your expectation is I'm going to go a thousand days. Who's going to win ultimately? It's going to be you. So it's death by a thousand cuts, but in the positive direction, build yourself with a thousand wins, build yourself with a thousand days. Um, I think that is a much more reasonable expectation and actually a much more practical and realistic expectation of what the process actually looks like. And, um, I can't, I don't think you can lose that way. And I think that you should focus entirely on action, right? Because what a lot of people do is they, they go on Instagram and they see, they see the mountaintop, right? They're sitting at the bottom of the personal development, uh, mountain and they look at the peak of the personal development mountain. They see the guys at the top. They see the guys making millions of dollars. They see the guys who have the body they want, the house they want, the wife they want, the kids they want, the everything that they want. And they find themselves stuck looking up at the mountain, but not realizing that they're not taking any steps in that direction. They're just looking. They're looking and observing and they're thinking about it and they're dwelling on it. And they're like, how do I get up there? How do I get up there? What do I do? What do I do? What course do I buy? What thing do I do? What, what business do I like? What, how do I get up there? Instead of understanding that the only difference between you at the bottom and you at the top is the steps you haven't taken. The thing that moves you from bottom to top is the movement of your feet in the direction that you'd like to go. That is the separating factor. No amount of thinking about being at the top of the mountain, no amount of wishing you were top of the, at the top of the mountain, researching about being at the top of the mountain, learning about all the people that are at the top of the mountain is actually going to get you closer to the top of the mountain. The only thing that's going to get you to the top of the mountain is moving to the top of the mountain. And so what should we be focused on? Should we be, should we be focused on the peak of the mountain or should we be focused on what's right in front of us? Should we be focused on taking the next step up the mountain? Focus on taking the next step up the mountain. Look at every single day as it's as an individual step towards the top of the mountain, towards the place you'd like to go and step in that direction as well as you can possibly step and then wake up tomorrow and do the exact same thing. And then repeat that a thousand times. And I guarantee you will be so much closer to the top of the mountain than every other person that's around you. So death by a thousand cuts. Number five, the space between stimulus and response is where you master your mind. Um, I got this concept from the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, and I, I don't think the quote is exactly like that. I kind of manipulated it a bit, but definitely the space between stimulus and response. 
And so to understand this, we have to think about, okay, what is, what is stimulus? Well, um, the world is giving us stimuli all the time. It, it, we have two different versions of reality. We have two different areas in which we operate. We operate in like the mental immaterial space where you can't feel what's going on. You can't see what's going on. You can't smell it. You can't touch it, but you know, something's going on. Like your brain just goes, thoughts are happening. We all know that that's, that that's happening and we know it's real, right? And then we have the physical reality. We have the tangible things that we can see, touch, feel, smell, and observe, right? The stimulus that we have in our environment, they, they initiate the movement inside of the, the immaterial space, right? We have our thoughts. So let's say, for example, the guy walks through my door and says, hey, Matt, you're a piece of shit. Okay, well, that's something that actually physically happened in reality. Somebody walked in and said, Matt, you're a piece of shit. The door opened. Somebody walked through. They made a noise with their, with their diaphragm, and they used their breath to create a vibration and send it in my direction, and it was insulting. That was something that actually happened. And now that triggered a response in the immaterial thought realm and now I'm thinking about things. Now I'm thinking about, oh, that pissed me off. Oh, I'm angry. Oh, I want to punch that guy in the face. And in that moment, there's a little window there. There's a little space in which you get the choice to make a, you get the opportunity to make a decision. You can choose what your response is going to be. You can choose how you're going to now manipulate the physical space that we're in, Right? how we're going to take the immaterial to the material. How are we going to go from these thoughts that we have that this material thing created to how am I now going to change the environment based off this new information? And this is where I feel like a lot of people fail in their, in their mental toughness, whatever you want to call it, journey, is they're in a, they lack the ability to stop in the process and be like, okay, I have this stimulus. Now, what do I do with it? Right? They just do whatever they want to do with it in the moment based off the, the, the immaterial thoughts based off what's going on in their head. They just allow that to create the response rather than deciding what the response is based off, based off a a conscious decision. So let's run through the scenario, right? Guy walks in, he says, Matt, you're a piece of shit. The undisciplined person, the person who lacks the mental strength and the mental willpower to stop in the moment and say, okay, what do I do with this, with this new feeling of anger, of, of being pissed off, of wanting to hit this guy? The, men, the undisciplined person is going to get up and go punch him in the face just because. Or let's say you're three miles into a run and your foot starts to hurt. Well, the undisciplined person is just going to stop. Why? Because, oh, I feel pain. I don't want to feel pain. Therefore, I stop. I stop thing that makes me feel pain. The disciplined person, the mentally tough person is going to sit there and say, okay, my foot is hurting. Is something wrong with my foot? Is this a, is it broken? Is it sprained? Is this an injury or am I just being a bitch? Right? This is a, this is somebody who has the self-awareness and, and has practiced this, this stimulus and response decision-making. They're going to decide whether or not it's the right thing to stop, right? The difference is, is this the right thing to do or is this what I want to do based off the stimulus? This guy pissed me off. He said, I'm a piece of shit. I want to punch him in the face, but is that going to lead to the best outcome? No, 
what's going to lead to the best outcome is us having a conversation and me asking, well, why do you think I'm a piece of shit? Right. But this takes, this takes discipline. This takes control and controlling your mind. I think a lot of people get this wrong. Controlling your mind is not about controlling your thoughts or controlling this immaterial thing that I'm talking about. This little space where just like thoughts come and go and, and feelings come and go and, and, and you lack a lot of control over it. Controlling your mind is less about controlling what happens in your mind and more about controlling what you do with what happens in your mind. That's controlling your mind. So when you want to gain control over your mind, understand that where you gain that control is in between stimulus and response. You're not going to control the thoughts that occur in your brain. You're not going to control any of that. It's not going to happen. You can, you can think you're going to do that. You can think that you can, you're like, I'm going to stop thinking about this. I'm going to stop thinking about this. But the more you say that, the more you start to think about it, right? You're not going to control your thoughts. Okay. So if you have anxious thoughts, if you have depressing thoughts, well, guess what? That's life. That's reality. We all have thoughts we don't want. We all have intrusive thoughts. We all have thoughts that make us go, what the hell was that? Why am I thinking about that? Why would I ever think that? But it's what you do with that thought that makes the difference. What you do with that thought that makes you disciplined, that makes you mentally tough. It's being able to have the thought, being able to see the stimulus and get the information and be like, oh, I'm having these thoughts based off this thing that just happened, but I'm going to do what leads to the best outcome, not what I feel inclined to do based off the stimulus. So that is mental control. It is not controlling your thoughts or your feelings. It is controlling your actions in spite of your thoughts and your feelings. And those are the five things the five mindsets, the five quotes, the five ways of thinking that changed the way that I view the world, that changed my life forever.